interesting things. Those are some of the themes that are going to be right underneath it of the stuff that we're going to actually make sure we cover every single time we, we get together. Um, and then the what now. Um, what, do we, what do you do with the information that you get? What do you do with the information like, I know where Jesus walked. I know that I can, I can find it on Google Maps and things like that. Um, that's stuff for you to take home. Um, so if you would like one of those pieces of paper, they're actually right over there behind Elisa. I printed out a few um, this afternoon. So if you want, and there's also pens there. So if you also want to use it just so you doodle, because I know some people as well, for them listening is when they're actually writing on paper and you might be, I don't know, drawing something else or completely different and yet still be listening. It's also, um, that's also available for you to do that. So I'm just going to get ready um, and I will jump into today's story. Um, so if you've got a Bible, open it up to Genesis chapter 1. That's, that's where we're going to go and then after that we'll, we'll get into it. Did you want to read it, luckily? So luckily he's going to read the Bible. Um, and I'll explain why we're, we're doing that. So, luckily. Um, one, so verse 1 to 3. Um, I'll read number 3, Genesis 3. You do Genesis 1, all of those, and Genesis 2. I'll do number 3. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the... Oh, you want to start from the beginning? Okay. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was all over the face um, of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then verse 16. And then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and every um, cre creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 15. Yep. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every plant, sorry, every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Um, and the last part is just Genesis 3. Um, these are just snippets of what's happening during creation for those of you. Yeah. Slightly different, yeah. So I think yours is a new international version, um, which the idea is the same, um, but the way that they 
try to get the ideas across to you. This is why uh, when we were looking earlier, it looked like you had all these different translations. So the way they try to get the idea to people is different based on what they're trying to get across. Yeah, if you could pop an IV up there. Um, so this is a little bit longer, but um, this actually talks about how what we did after creation. So um, it talks about the devil. You remember that Kahoot that talked about how the devil turned into a serpent or came as a serpent? He was more crafty than any of the wild animals God had made. And he said to the woman, the serpent, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees. Is this the same as yours? This is chapter 3, verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God said you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Woman saw the fruit of the tree and saw that it was good food, pleasing for the eye, desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, Adam, who was with her, and he ate of it. The eyes of both were open. They realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings from themselves for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. Imagine listening to God walking. Like, what would that sound like? Not like that. <laughs> How does God walk if he didn't have a body specific? What? Okay, I just went into inception right there. Um, like it's just, that's just a side note. Like when you're reading things like that, it's easy to just jump over stuff. But like, what the heck? How can you hear a spirit walking? Um, let's not get into that. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord who was, was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And also, how do you hide from God? But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all animals. You will crawl on your belly, eat dust. <laughs> dust. What a man made for? from? Get wrecked. You're going to get eaten by a serpent. All the days of his life, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you and offspring. Do you know what this, like the freakiest serpent is that I know? The anaconda. I saw a movie of it when I was younger and it traumatized me. And between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The woman said to the woman, God said, I will make your pains in childbirth very severe. Sorry, girls. Very painful labor. You will give birth to children. He desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree, which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Though... Um, through painful toil, you will eat from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, from dust you are, and to dust you will return. That's probably where that Kahoot was actually taking its cue from. 
Um, although it says something different from the first chapter. Adam named his wife Eve because she, because she would become the mother of all living things. The Lord made garments for, of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. The Lord banished him from the Garden of Eden and the to work the ground from which he'd been taken, and he drove the man out of, out he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden, cherubim, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Okay, so that's a general idea of how things started well, and then what went wrong. And so some of the th- themes... And these are really broad brushstrokes. Like, this is like an aerial view. This is not the details. Like, when I ask a question like, how does God sound when he's walking? That's more, I'm, t- I'm talking about a detail. But overall, um, here are some of the things that you can work out and, and look at in Genesis with regards to creation. Now, before I do that, let me just settle you in with a little bit of a joke. Can I tell you a joke? Is that okay? Okay, cool. So... There was a man, a grandparent, and his granddaughter were sitting there. And the granddaughter was looking at her. If you know this joke, don't, don't say anything. Um, and the granddaughter was looking at her grandfather. And she, like, stared at him. And she contemplated. She was looking at how different their faces were. And she goes, Granddad, who made you? He said, God made me. He made me a while ago. And he, the granddad goes, he also made you, you know. He made you not too long ago. And she looked at him for a little while longer and thought about his words, and she goes, God's getting better, isn't he? You're welcome. Well, that actually landed well. I'm Here comes my career. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Okay, so here we go. Number one, here's the first topic, beginnings and endings. Um, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the, in, in the beginning, God created. Everything, how our minds work has to do with beginnings and endings, right? It, it sets a limitation on humanity. It sets a limitation on humanity. There's only... So far, we can go. There is a limit. We can't live forever. We were created within this thing called space and time. Now, from Genesis, there are some people that have... um, There is a rabbi, a well-known rabbi. I forget his name, but if you want the details, I can actually pull out the evidence of that. Um, A well-known rabbi has has been known, was known to have meditated on Genesis, the first chapter, and from that meditation, meditation is thinking about something for a long period of time, ruminating on it, um, he had a hypothesis that there were more than 10 dimensions to reality. Currently, scientifically, from the probably like four years ago when I last looked into this, scientists are estimating there's something like 16 plus dimensions to reality. Yeah. So, that's just one, but it, it says that everything that we know about what we know is, has, has come from within a finite space. Um, 
and the reason why this is important, especially when you're looking at Genesis, the, the importance of this story. God creates and he created the heavens and the earth, man, plants, animals, the sea and its creatures, etc. Is that there is this thing that's helpful to use in the Bible. To print, they call it the principle of first mention. It's like, where was it first mentioned? Right? Because Jesus, when they talk about, um, when, they, when they ask him a question, um, about marriage, when they ask him a question, yeah, they, when they ask him a question about marriage, he actually quotes this passage here. And so, if you want to learn to be able to think like Jesus, you must give yourself and your entire life to studying what he studied in order for you to be on the same playing field, right? So, if you, if I, I come from the Congo and I grew up in a completely different culture, I already spoke two languages by the time I was twelve, and so when we say when, when we're talking, I had to learn how to think in English in order for me to communicate effectively with people. Parce que si je commence à parler en français, ça c'est une complètement différente langue. Right? So you don't understand what I just <laughs> said unless you speak French. Um, and you need to be able to think like that so that you are able to get the words. And so in the terms of principle first mentioned, here's some of the things that are first mentioned in Genesis because you because they're important to set you up. They're important to set you up for everything else you're going to read in the Bible. Creation is first mentioned here. Humanity, what is your purpose in life? You find it straight up right here. Um, rest, how to rest, the union between a man and a woman, um, sin, Murder, sacrifice, blood, grace, trade. Jesus is Jesus is is pre um, is previewed in here. I don't know if you paid attention. One of the one of the things that God says to to the woman. He God says to to the woman because you have done this right. So. He says, actually, to the serpent, um, I will put enmity or um, tension between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will crush your head and you will, um, and you will strike his heel. That, that's talking about Jesus. That's talking about how he's going to come. And ultimately, when you, when you want to kill a snake, because I've killed a snake before, um, you actually chop off its head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jake knows this. Have you killed a snake before? Yeah, you chop off its head. Why? Because that's where the venom is, right? So it says here it, he will crush his head. There is no other person throughout all of history that could have ever destroyed or defeated Satan because he had defeated humanity. So you needed somebody outside of humanity to defeat him. Beginnings and endings, right? It's all Everything is contained within time and space. The other thing to know here is that Genesis, when it talks about creation, it is already previewing a lot of the other ways of thinking that are going to emerge from our, from our world that are actually not true, ultimately, or not helpful. Can you put that? Hey, what's up, man? All right, can you put that next slide up the, after the principle? So um, it previews that people are going to have atheistic worldview, which is God doesn't exist, and it actually says, from the first sentence, in the beginning, God. So you not believing in God takes more effort. 
because the world is not its own origin. That's another way of thinking. I think that one is uniformism. So, oh no, that's pantheism, that's universalist. So, uh, pantheism says the universe as we know it is God. Anybody says thank you universe for my meal? I actually know people who say that. Um, so God is transcendent. He's not the universe. He's above the universe and he can be known. Polytheism says there are many gods. The Bible says there is only one God. Materialism says that when I have all of the things, that's my God. Whatever that looks like for you. It might even be a person. It might be even a car, a dream. Matter had a beginning. Things that were created cannot be God because they had a beginning. Humanism right, says we are ultimate reality. I am God. That's humanistic thinking. But Genesis says God is the ultimate reality, not man. Evolutionism, that is actually um, not, a not thought through well enough um, in itself anyway, and I'm happy to have a chat about that. But it actually says God creates instead of, you know, random mutations that are happening all the time. Uniformism, um, which is that there is no, so everything that has always happened will always happen. It actually says here God intervenes within his creation. He came in when Adam and Eve had sinned and changed the course of their destiny. And the last one is nihilism, um, which had to do with um, the pre- um, everything is that is going to happen is going to happen. So what's the point of living? Um, in you know, nihilistic thinking pretty much says like, like it's all predestined. So what's the point? But the Bible says God is good. Um, in fact, very good. Um, this takes us to the next point, which is that you are a created being. You are a created being. You are not self-realized. You are not your own idea. You are God's idea. And this is important because God had good intentions when he created humanity. And when we saw Eve interacting with the serpent, he actually, um, the serpent came to try and counterfeit and to trick people. The next one is your reason for being is actually connected to the relationships that you have, most importantly, relationship to God. There are three things that God asked Adam to do, or at least that he put within the sphere of Adam to have some kind of relational interaction with. There was, there was the woman. Well, there was himself first, God himself. There was the woman, such other people. And then there was creation, the earth. Look after it. Three main important relationships. God, people, creation. If you're looking for a reason to live, so those three things, do them well according to how Jesus calls us to do. And then what ends up happening, as we read, is that the, there is the effect of sin on the world. And here's how I like to think about um, the interaction that we have with God when we're in sin, right? Is it gives us good things and this is what happens. Can we play that video, please? God is a redhead. 
apparently. God doesn't cry like that. He weeps. That's what sin does to us. Most things that God gives us that are good, we actually turn into what's not going to be ultimately and eternally good, useful, um, according to how he wants us to use it. Now, for a lot of us, especially as a teenager, we don't like to be told what to do, right? Anybody got problems with their mom or dad telling them what to do or their guardian or whatever? Yeah? Okay, don't raise your hand. I'm not even asking you to raise your hand, right? You probably have a problem with me asking you to raise your hand. But the point, the point, is, that the point is that what sin came in to do, sin is, um, has many different definitions because of how widely it affects us. Um, one of the things that sin does and sin is inside of us, it creates separation between us and God. It has broken that intimate connection, that free-flowing connection that we had with God. That's what happened with Adam. God pretty much tells him and Eve to leave the garden. He, he chases them out of a space which was well kept for them. Because they had chosen not to do what he wanted or he asked them to do. At the core of that relationship was love. I always go back to this story to talk to my students at least when we're having the debate about what love is. Because I say quite often, for love to be loved, you love, you must have a choice about whether or not to accept it or reject it. Otherwise, it's manipulation. So God said to Adam, and he could have well created a person who would always do what he wanted him to do. Right? If you're always doing what somebody else wants you to do and you don't have a choice out of that, that's not love. You are a robot. And God didn't create a robot, so he gave Adam a choice. You can have all this except for this one thing. And by and large, for a while, he was okay until a new idea came in. So, what you need to understand, when the Bible looks at humanity after this, Genesis chapter 3, is that we are all in a place where we need God. You right there? We're all in a place where we need God. We're all in a place where we, if 
and there's theological debates about this, is that most people will think like, hey, if I was in Adam's shoes or Eve's shoes, I could have made a different choice. Some people think like that. So there is this understanding of it's not just like we're made of different stuff that they were made of. It's that if we were in the same position, we would have done the exact same thing. Hence why they were representative of us and from them we received all of the consequences of sin. So what does God do? God's involvement In every other way of thinking and philosophy, it has us doing the good work to get back and be good with God, right? Adam and Eve started to hide. They didn't know what to do because they had fallen out with God. But note what God does is he actually creates. So they had covered themselves with what? With with leaves. Um, Some people talk about that being a metaphorical. We cover us, our nakedness and our shame and our being vulnerable with leaves, but God brings um, skin, skin from an animal that had been slaughtered. That's the first mention of God providing a way for us to be okay in a way that he wants us to be okay. So he still wants relationship. That's really key because most people tend to say God is evil, or God has done this or God has done that, but at every single point, God is actually the one who's walking in the garden and saying, calling out, where are you, Adam? We're not the ones, we're not the, he's not the one who ran away. He's not the one who did the wrong thing. When we're talking about things like Genesis and beginnings, you must always start with the reality that God is always good. No matter what's happening outside of you, no matter what's happening around you, no matter how you're approaching any question. So, for example, um, biggest one is actually the question of suffering which follows on from this Genesis thing because now there is suffering in the world of different kinds, different pains that are happening to people. And, and many people generally will ask, how can a good God allow? Or if God is, then... But when, when you're asking that question, there is already the underlying assumption that God is not good. Because a good God, at least in our minds, wouldn't do. So we make ourselves God instead of God and we put him on the judgment seat. So instead, Genesis says, start with God as good because God is good. How come there's all these bad things happening? It's not if God is good. It's because he's good. But what about all this suffering that's happening? What's happening? What is he doing about that? Great question to always ask. A key thing is is that here in Genesis, even though things are going bad already, when they're in our in our hands, the good thing is that we can understand that God has always been outside of creation and He's not going to change. Creation changed and it moves and it you know, directs itself in different ways. But God is not going to change because he is outside of creation. And so when he intervenes within creation, one of the things that we need to get, really need to get, is just it th- is that Jesus, for example, um, when we talk about this because he is the point of it all, while we talk about Jesus all the time, Jesus dying on the cross because God loved us, 
is not because God needed us. God loves us not out of need for us. It's because that's who he is. If we don't love him back, it doesn't change him. God didn't create because he was lacking anything. Time started time started when creation started before outside of that is a realm called eternity which is who who god is and i know it can be a little bit of a hard concept to draw but there are the way of understanding that is is super important because when you think about the love of god the, the involvement of god in our story it's important to note that every single thing that god is doing towards us that he's wanting for us comes from a heart of such purity and such goodness, there is nothing like it that is created. And what I want to land on is this question, right? Is that we all know that there's sin in our hearts. God knew that Adam had done the wrong thing already. But why would a God who knows everything ask this question? It actually wasn't so that God could get a general direction of, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that. God doesn't, uh, he's not stupid. It's more the reality, do you know that you're lost? Do you know that you're walking in darkness when you're walking without God? Do you know that you can live the best life that you can on earth? And Jesus says, you can gain the whole world and yet lose your soul. Because you will die one day. We all die. That's a reality. 300 years from now, very few people will remember you or me. What's the point of it? What is the point of it? You go back. Your cow is not going <laughs> to remember you. You go back to the point of it. Or why was Adam created? Why was human created? To have a relationship with God, to enjoy a relationship with one another, and to do that in God's creation. That is the point. This is where you use the, f- the principle of first mention. And because we couldn't get it right, Jesus comes and he walks in flesh among us to tell you, you are lost without God. Your soul is an empty vacuum without him. And do you know why you're here? Because you've listened to voices other than God telling you this is the way to go. From the very beginning, God was coming to attack the lies of the devil. Who was like, God didn't say that. God's not like this. Every doubt that is inside of our heart was planted there the moment we chose to go against God. And we trusted instead in the lies of the enemy. And it's this reality that you have a soul that is quite expansive. There is no measurement to your soul. But at least it is something eternal it has something eternal to it that god created and he wants it he wants your soul your body will melt away or whatever but your soul is going to endure and he wants that to be with him that's what he wants and you and you will not be with him if you do not listen to his voice and follow him he says to adam who told you that you're naked. In other ways, what other voice apart from, from mine that knows everything, that created everything, that knows how things are going to end, have you invited in to try and guide you through life? 
Who else could be like me? Why are you choosing anybody else but me? It's not going to end well. And you know what? He does that for our good. Every single time. So, only Jesus is able to give you eternal life. Only Jesus. He was always the plan. He is God in flesh. He's the one who was there when everything was created. And two questions you need to ask yourself is, where are you? It might be, where are you headed? Where are you right now with God? It might be, where are you thinking in terms of where your life is, where your life is going, how how you think you're going regards to Jesus? And it also might be, what lies are you believing about God? Who told you that God was evil? Who told you that your life didn't have purpose or meaning? Who told you anything contrary to what God first purposed? And what I'd like to do is I'd like to ask Tristan to sing a song and to um, and for us to just take a few moments because sometimes you can have quite a lot of content come at you and not have time to reflect. It's actually part of reflection. But um, to sing um, and when he finishes, um, we'll, you know, if you would like to have a further chat or you have specific questions that you want to ask about this, again, it's, it was a super wide brush stroke, like 10, you know, 30,000 feet. We didn't get into the details of things. I get that. But that's just, you know, we don't have a lot of time to go through everything. So if you have any questions, happy to chat with you. Any of our leaders are happy to chat with you. Um, Jake also has some more really interesting um, things about Jesus and where he walks. But um, I really want you to engage with this question. If you... If you at this point can just try and hone in and, 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 you, and you try to imagine God asking you the same questions that he asked Adam who was lost and who had chosen other things. Where are you? And who told you those lies? <laughs>